2: We have little to discuss today. (laughs) We need a blockbuster trade in the middle of our show. Is what we need. (laughs) I guess that was good timing though, because we would have to. We would be so late talking about it. I mean, like once it once it gets to be five or six days past, you know, something as big as the Rudy Gobert trade, you can't like write a column about that at that point, right? (laughs) I jumped off
3: the topper a little late on that one, yeah,
2: but (laughs) I I mean just, just.
3: Just had thoughts stirring in my head and and decided, you know, let let it rip. I
2: I mean, I think that that trade, though, is so fascinating. We're going to be talking about that Gobert trade for so long, either because, as you you mentioned in the column, because it works and teams start pairing bigs together again. Which, I mean, I'm sure we always talk about how there aren't enough wings, right? And, And I think that's the one thing I would add about this trade as we think about it more is... For Minnesota, yeah, there's, Carl Towns has these weaknesses. Like going in on Gobert is a, kind of a, a bet on Towns, but also an acknowledgement of those weaknesses. However, it's also easily the best player that Minnesota could have traded for going forward here. Like, they'll, regardless of the fact that he's older, regardless of the fact that he's also a center, Rudy Gobert is a top 20 player in the NBA. Like, they just wouldn't have had a chance to trade for a player that good outside of this. And so it's maybe not the ideal fit. Like, sure, they would have loved to get a two way wing or like Jalen Brown in there or something instead. But because there just aren't enough solid wings to go around, I think they're like, hey, if we can just get the center, we'll make it work. He's a player of quality we're not going to be able to get. And similarly for other teams, like if you can figure out a way to play two centers together and maybe get your defense to be pretty good that way and your offense isn't that bad because one of them can shoot, well then, let's, like there are more talented players available at center than there are on the wing. So it'd be great for a lot of these teams if you can actually play that way.
3: Yeah, totally. But they got to they gotta figure out how to make it work. And... We we haven't we haven't seen it. We've seen it work in spots and we've seen it. We've seen it show some flashes, but we haven't we haven't seen it really shine in a way that other teams would seek to imitate it. And this would be the chance for that to happen. So. and then on the other hand they gave up so much in this deal oh my god yeah
2: that's the other thing that perhaps is going to reverberate um it's been a big topic of conversation of why is it that first round draft picks aren't as valued and all that i think we and we've seen just such a yin and yang on that over the time that i've been covering the league which is about 10 years now of right at the start of that was the nets trade and then draft picks weren't going up with the cap and then they became probably overvalued and now yeah are are and players are changing teams in free agency as well so uh there are guys at the end of their deal so there wasn't really much point in trading for them and now when you you're guys are asking for trades with like three four years left on their deal it's like oh hey now it actually does make a bunch of sense to give up a lot for these guys same with with gobert he didn't ask for a trade but it was obvious that they're moving on but maybe now you know it went to where nobody's trading picks now it's gone so far the other direction with murray and gobert where like these picks are being handed out like candy and unprotected this may be the furthest that it goes on that and it's going to start swinging back the other way would be my guess
3: You would think so, and... I mean this is this is could potentially really complicate the Kevin Durant n- negotiation too because I think clearly you would rather have even though Durant is older would rather have the next 4 years of Durant rather than the next 4 years of Gobert right that that is more va- the more valuable pocket of basketball wh- one if you wh- agree so it is very tough as a general manager to go to your owner and say okay here's what we got for Kevin Durant and then explain why you were taking back less than the than the Utah got for Rudy Gobert even though I'm not sure that package is going to be available for Kevin Durant. Yeah,
2: well, it... I mean, I would guess that, like, that pack would be available, but they want players as well. I mean, part of it, too, is just that the Jazz were willing to take back all future assets. I mean, they got guys who could play, but it's only for this year. It's not two All-Stars and picks, you know, whatever. Uh, So uh, But here's the other aspect of this, too, I I would say. And uh, John Krasinski talked about this, and I think it's a good point, is that Rudy Gobert was actually down to play in Minnesota. Like, he was happy in Utah. Now he's happy... In theory, in Minnesota, playing with Carl Towns. The reason in part that Kevin Durant's price, I think, is gonna be lower. And Dan Feldman and Danny and I did the a mock negotiation on the KD trade a couple of days ago and kind of came to this conclusion a little bit as well. Is like if you're the Toronto Raptors, unless KD specifically says yes, I would love to be there, the way Rudy Gobert apparently said about Minnesota, like Rudy Gobert kind of just accepted his faith that he was gonna be trading, he was happy to be in Minnesota. Like Kevin Durant would not be happy to be in Minnesota. He would not be happy, at least at this point to be anywhere but Phoenix or Miami and so yeah no you're not gonna put Scotty Barnes into the deal if you're the Toronto Raptors if you're trading for a guy who yeah he has four years left on his contract like that's but this is the real world we've seen Kevin Durant be very unhappy places before like you're just simply not going to give up this mega package for him even with four years left on his deal if it's not somewhere that he wants to be
3: yeah as as a team i think you just really struggle to do that if if you can't get the player to accept coming there and being there there's just too much downside to have it turn into this weird simmons type situation
2: so uh, i you know i I wasn't necessarily planning talking about uh kd too much but i i I guess we can just roll with it here if it's starting to feel like this is gonna at least go into training camp now you, you getting that impression Ooh.
3: Uh I mean possibly I I just there's no urgency for Brooklyn let's put it that way and nobody I think has gotten close enough in discussions with them where where it feels like it's something hot and they're going to get to the finish line like uh, you, you don't even get the impression that that there's that there's a suitor that is that is close right now there hasn't been any hint of any of any rumor of like what a Miami or Phoenix deal would actually look like and those are the only two teams that Durant has assented to being traded to thus far.
2: Yeah, and obviously you have this Aiton aspect that's complicating things. It doesn't seem like Brooklyn is too interested in Aiton on a max. There's the sign and trade hard cap issues that might be a problem getting other teams involved. But it seems like they're not even at the point of agreeing on what the value should be. Much less okay. Now we got to rope these other teams in. We got to bribe them to do the do this as well, yeah. etc. To-
3: they they year compensation with Phoenix, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot going on there.
2: so I guess the, uh, the reason I could see it, I, I mean, everyone's going to get together in Vegas over the next 10 days. You know, maybe it could happen then as, as things really engage all the other business is done. But I guess the reason I could see it going into camp is KD, you know, Chris Haynes, like KD has gone dark right now. Like he's not talking to any, even like other superstars who are trying to get in touch with him. Although Marcus Thompson did say there's been at least like some discussion. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry.
3: Yeah. I don't even know if KD's talking to his aunt, honestly, which is a whole other story. But
2: uh, it, it's talking to his aunt. Agent, uh, yeah. Uh, you you're you're. Are you basing that on like things that you've actually heard, or you're just just history? Yeah,
3: yeah, wow, okay. yeah. No, no, no. I'm, I'm. Yeah, I'm like not trying to be
2: funny. Seriously, yeah. So I, I mean, maybe. So if they're not getting anything now, you deadline spur action, as Andrew Brand on the football side likes to say. And so the next inflection point, and we kind of we went through the same shit with Ben Simmons, right? <laughs> and this is uh, a, yeah, a, a little bit different. I mean, the Sixers like wanted him to come in. In play i don't know if brooklyn is going to go that route but we if we get into training camp if brooklyn's not getting the offers that they want they might feel like hey, you know what? Like there's not much risk to just bring this into camp. Hey, maybe KD will just miss basketball and want to come back. And, you know, we haven't traded Kyrie either and everyone will come in and they'll be great teammates again. And and we, hey, by the way, we signed DJ Warren, you know, we, we got a, a good, yeah. good team around these guys and we can actually be a championship contender and everyone will come in and realize that. I mean, that seems unlikely to me, but I mean, there's the chance that that could work. And everyone's like, well, KD, he's not willing to pull a Harden. Like he is not going to short the game like that. He'll He loves basketball. Basketball so much like he doesn't want to just like go home and and miss time, but the Nets apparently want to win too. So just having KD on ice isn't going to help much. Same thing with with Kyrie. But maybe there's a feeling that all right, well we at least like can force KD to come back in, or we can start finding him, and he's not going to want to deal with that. And so now he can engage, and maybe he'll miss basketball so much, and we can talk to him and be like, oh hey, this Toronto thing might actually be better than you think it is. um But yeah, I mean if KD if KD is like not even talking to anyone at all right now, I don't know how how this could possibly get done without like him actually being in fault i remember after college before i was going to move on to the next chapter of my life my buddy and i went to hilton head south carolina to work some summer jobs and hang out we had a great time except for his car his car was awful we called it the pos it was like a 91 Oldsmobile Cutlass Sierra. We're allowed to talk about Oldsmobile now that it's a defunct brand, right? Is that okay? This thing had the turning radius of a World War One battleship, broke down all the time, just a, a miserable vehicle to drive. And when customers are rushing to your store, you want a point of sale system that you can trust, not a real POS like my buddy's car. You need Shopify for retail. It makes it easy to accept payments, manage orders and build relationships with customers. You can sell in person, backed by everything that you need to to sell online, track every sale across your business in one place, know exactly what's in stock, connect with customers in line and online. You can drive in-person store traffic with plug-and-play tools for marketing campaigns on social media. Get great hardware that fits your business. Accept credit cards, mobile payments, every other major payment method, all with low fees and transparent pricing starting on day one. Plus, their award-winning help is there to support you every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash PER. All lowercase. Easy to remember slash PER because John invented PER. Go to shopify.com slash PER to take your retail business to the next level. Today, that's shopify.com
3: Yeah, it seems it it's certainly that feels like a necessary component right for anything other than Phoenix, Miami I think Phoenix and Miami feel okay but for, for any other team yeah like you, you want to be able to talk to the guy or talk to the agent or you know talk to some people who will let you know this is this is going to be okay and I think I think if you're Brooklyn you're you grant permission to let the other team talk to him yes uh, just one would think so just to try to get that deal done
2: Um, so James Harden is still sitting out there he hasn't signed his contract yet besides Uh, the fact that despite the report that they're going to be meeting over the weekend it's now uh, four days after the weekend and you would think the reason they're waiting is in case there are any trade possibilities or something like that uh where he he might want to take a little bit less to give them room under the apron because they're hard capped um but there's other business here at what point does this business just need to get conducted do teams say like hey this katie thing's not gonna resolve we got to get this done i mean there are a few situations out there obviously there there's DeAndre Ayton, Miles Bridges, probably not dependent on that. That's delayed for its own reasons, of course. Yeah. You know, Colin Sexton's probably not dependent on KD. I don't see either of the cap space teams going after him. So it seems like he's just in the, the Tristan Thompson-esque stare down uh, with uh, Tristan Thompson's former employers <laughs> right now. Um, it, you know, they're, and then Donovan Mitchell is another one, too, which we'll talk about I'm, in a second.
3: I'm disappointed that you said Tristan Thompson and not Sasha Pavlovich when talking about great Cleveland Restricted free agency. Anderson downs. Vergeau
2: actually like held out for you know a third yes. of the year. That, so, as as did Pavlovich. Yeah, that actually and
3: actually we, they were the same. They were the same year, right? I think I think Verzell held out longer than Pavlovich. John, how am, am I supposed the with to both of them that?
2: Out. Come on. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you think I I could just have these all these memories of just uh, you know, restricted free agents from fifteen years ago? I could just access that in my brain. There's no way I could do that.
3: I, I just thought you know as a
2: as a, somebody
3: who follows the Warriors so closely that all of these Verzhao moments would be. <laughs> laser printed in your brain.
2: Yeah, I think actually the Varsha thing, I can't remember. I I look back on that recently. That's why I, I remember that uh cuz <laughs> yeah, that actually kind of like ruined their start to the 0708 season. But
3: Yeah, totally.
2: So at what point are these teams going to be like and particularly the ayton thing as well going to just be like, "Hey, we're we need to just move on with life at this point."
3: Yeah, I think the biggest factor is, is for ayton um if the Suns were looking at sign and trades, they the you, it's very hard for them to do with Aiton sign and trade and then come back and do a Durant trade. They sort of need Aiton to be part of the Durant trade, even if it's with the third team. So that's where it gets complicated for Phoenix. And then I think there may be some other trade business that is kind of slow right now that would pick up post-Durant. And, you know, some of, the, some of these teams that weren't able to do much in free agency I think are still hung and poking around about what they can do in the trade market, but it's tough when some of the best assets that they could potentially get might be part of a debt deal, so they're kind of being held to the side. So, like, could you really do anything, even if you wanted to make an aggressive offer on OG Obi? could you even do that right now if Toronto's like, you know what, we're just gonna, we're just gonna stay chill here for a while and see if og is part of the durant trade
2: right uh, uh, that makes perfect sense and um, yeah i mean that should actually be a good episode maybe we should do that for next week of like the moves that still need to happen uh because there are definitely some teams that have like some pretty big yeah. holes and yeah again i mean yeah. i think it's just indiana right like they're they don't want to really i mean they've got all this cap space they don't have these things what are those what's the position that's between guard and center what's that called again they don't they don't they don't seem to have uh,
3: yeah you know which is weird because they made a big trade with sacramento but sacramento also doesn't have any of those right or uh, did, did sacramento get at least like oh uh, they sacramento at least got one or two of those now right yeah yeah Word the,
2: the keegan murray and barnes Mur- murray's had a couple of good games early in summer league we'll talk a little about summer summer league later <laughs> yeah. too but yeah so that's that's a, i'm gonna write that down that'll be a good episode for next week uh
3: yeah, t- yeah, you're right. I'm looking at Indy. Like you can call Benedict Matherin your small forward. I guess uh, he might be a little a little shorter than you, you might want there, but they're saying that Jalen Smith is a starting four and you're really, really up three is Neesmith like your only other real real four on the roster is O'Shea Brissett who like she'd really even play I guess Kendall Brown is there too but he, he probably ends up on a two-way <laughs> so little little thin there at the forward <laughs> spots definitely
2: um so what the hell are, is going on with the Jazz here I, I mean obviously they they don't have a real team right now they have no centers no 4s the, their only three is Bogdanovich at the moment if you, he's really more of a defensively anyway but the mitchell situation is reporting today i think from Windhorse that you know as of right now donovan mitchell says he's not going to force anything they're they're playing a, a very utah-esque game of chicken right now in which they're trying to outnice each other where neither <laughs> utah doesn't want to trade him and he doesn't want to ask to be traded yet they both know that it's going to end within the next year and he probably should be traded asap like there's no reason for him to stick around there Because their team is uh, doesn't look like it's a a team that's going to win better than the previous team did with Gobert. When you trade Gobert for you know some middling rotation guys, Uh, but but like yeah, Yeah. that just totally on hold. You think until the KD thing? Like it's got to be right.
3: You would think so. The one thing I I I wonder a little about uh, whether they would try to get into the to the Aiton game. Although it sounds lately like that's not what they're going to do. Yeah, it doesn't
2: seem like. Especially they just hired Will Hardy you know another one of these spurs guys looking for guys who are over themselves like a you know, like a, a big center like Aiden like that could be something that danny ainge has valued before but it's well it, you, you know you know who could be the guy
3: there is miles turner because i mean india boston for miles turner right they wanted to do gordon hayward for miles turner
2: no i thought they didn't want to do it when, when uh i was very critical of them for not doing it. yeah they're i think they were the ones who sh- who shut that down in the end that's my memory of it at least oh maybe you're right yeah okay well i, I know it was right, only so I that percent. was only two years ago as opposed to 15 so you know i guess you, our, <laughs> I our, remember our memories it as well. are easier exactly. on, on that
3: <laughs> if it was a baseball player from 1978 i could have told you <laughs> yeah,
2: everything yeah we were talking well, about but... that yesterday at spotify so <laughs> but i i think yeah like everything just seems so gridlock and impacted right now that gobert trade just was like a left hook to this trade market where where Everything's gonna be compared to that. Teams that are trading guys, uh, although how much would it burn Donovan Mitchell if Gobert actually got a bigger return than he did? It, even if it <laughs> even if it would help him because 100%. his new team would actually have more assets to get better around him, but right, right. Well so so right. let, but like yeah, that- let's go through it here. Who who is just you would you think might be interested in Donovan Mitchell? We can just go through in alphabetical order here, all right? I yeah. think
3: I think you got I think you gotta start. Start with the Knicks with Mitchell. I'm I'm not working in alphabetical order unless I, I go with the A for Big Apple. Um, but <laughs> that's that that's always been the rumor that he wants to go to New York. And I know he still has years left on his deal, so he doesn't have a lot of control yet. But the Knicks have shown that they're willing to overpay for shiny objects, right? Uh, I think they can talk themselves into a Brunson Mitchell backcourt. They certainly have the matching salary. They have actually a bunch of future picks. Yeah, like it makes makes a lot of sense. And I think I think the Gobert trade was a little bit opportunism from Dange that he didn't necessarily go into into this thinking he was definitely trading Gobert. But when he saw the return he could get from Minnesota, he just felt like he had to do this
0: every day.
2: yeah I, I think so but it's just yeah so i mean who, perhaps the mitchell thing doesn't resolve until next offseason doing it at the trade deadline I, like i did say like danny ainge doesn't give a shit about the all-star game but trading mitchell like two weeks before they host the all-star game like maybe even he and or more accurately ryan smith couldn't stomach that but yeah i, I mean obviously they should be listening to offers on mitchell right now but maybe there's just again saying hey you same thing with Go- right you're gonna have to bowl us over like we're not quote unquote shopping him so uh yeah i mean the knicks could offer up to eight first round picks they've got some young guys with some promise you know your ob toppins and emmanuel Quicklys and quentin grimes uh presumably they want to they've got plenty of matching salary that's not a problem uh you know is julius randall in that deal i guess you know there are a lot of permutations i think can go yeah
3: yeah i think the knicks would probably hope julius in that deal yeah because
2: you just you gotta get at some point with barrett mitchell and brunson like you got to just get a shooter at the four like you get, especially if Rand, the way randall regressed as a shooter last year and yeah i think that's probably closer to who he is he'll get a little bit better i think but that's closer to who he is than that magical 21 season so uh but but i mean yeah good
3: you could actually do a randall bogdanovich sidebar huh uh, that's
2: yeah that's that could help a little bit yeah i mean uh boyan's in the last year of his deal but so uh new york comes to mind again this is another one where all right yeah he's got three years left on his deal but does he want to be there because the the new ask out date is two years left on your deal these days that was that was the i'm sorry that's the old new ask out date now it's like three or four yeah. so yeah I, I mean this really there's a lot of player empowerment here we'll talk about that in a second too and on, on the trade market but let's go through it again atlanta no boston no yeah brooklyn you would think would be pretty interested uh no no that he's the type of yeah. guy they would be look Looking for uh, and maybe with the KD return, then they would flip some of that stuff for Mitchell, or it could be a three-way. Although in a, th- the, in a three-way trade, yeah, exactly. the problem being that again Utah doesn't really appear to be too interested in DeAndre Ayton, and the, you know they can just wait for the KD trade to happen and then just do a deal directly with Brooklyn. Like being part of a three-way doesn't necessarily help them as much as long as Brooklyn gets the asset. Charlotte probably doesn't have the scratch, and I don't think Mitchell would want. Oh to be come
3: there. on, Gordon Hayward for Don. Mitchell, let's go. <laughs>
2: uh, you know, Chicago, not really. Cleveland, it's like, you know, Pear, Garland, Mitchell, and Mobley. You could do a Sexton sign and trade. I mean, as long as Sexton's out
3: there, I think this becomes a lot more plausible. Yeah,
2: you do run into some basier issues there though. And uh, again, I, that's like, Utah's going to want to get like actual players back instead of just draft picks as well. That seems to be the standard draft picks and at least one, you know, pretty good prospect, which Cleveland, Cleveland, you know, unless they wanted to include Jared Allen, doesn't really seem to have.
3: Lowry Markkinen.
2: You know, Luca and Donovan Mitchell would actually be an awesome fit. I just don't see where Dallas, yeah. they don't necessarily have this graph.
3: Asset-wise, they just can't, they just can't get in the game. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah they can't. I mean, I would absolutely, Denver, no. I would absolutely love Mitchell in Detroit. That would be a fantastic fit uh, with Cade. And maybe Jaden Ivy could be part of that. That, that would be the, we'll, we'll see how Ivy starts to look. Here, I don't. But teams like that generally don't like trade guys before they've played a game for them. But that would that would be one I would be mm-hmm. very interested in if I were Detroit. And if you could go Jaden Ivey Ivy and like a couple more picks, and that would be enough. May, maybe Ivy yeah. Ivy might be the best single asset that would be in play for for Mitchell.
3: I think Detroit wants to suck this year though, and uh or like competitively suck, win like twenty three games. Yeah. Um,
2: Couldn't they have just given Marvin Bagley then- a one year deal then? <laughs> It's like one year, one year, twenty million. Tell Dwayne Casey's got to start him.
3: Actually, actually, see, I think they would have been better off with with actually giving him one year, twenty million, using up the cap space, and uh, having next year be team option, non guaranteed. Yeah, on the twenty million, uh, just for the trade flexibility.
2: Yeah, I still d- didn't really understand that Burks and Noel trade by them, unless it was like all kind of like pre agreed to as like, hey, we'll overpay for Kemba but then you got to let us underpay to get off of Burks and Noel. But I don't like, and Detroit, it's like, it seems like they value Burks and Noel to actually play this year, but that again, they shouldn't be wanting to be good. I don't see. I I don't really get it.
3: And I don't really see how Noel helps them. I like, I see how Burks helps them just to give him another guy on the floor who like, isn't good enough to really impact winning, but helps the other young guys play real basketball because he's, he can do enough as a creator on his own. And then they can flip him at, at, uh, the midway point for more stuff. So I get the Burks part. The stuff about Noel and then talking about him like they actually want him to play in the games is, is a little weird. You have Jalen Duran and Isaiah Stewart.
2: Yeah. Like, what, what are we doing yeah. here? Well, Noel, I mean, if he's healthy, is actually probably better than those guys. But they, as you mentioned, they shouldn't necessarily want that. Miami, obviously, has been talked about for Mitchell as well. But that, that's the most obvious team where the end game with KD has to happen first.
3: Yeah. And then how does how does Miami even get to the table with Mitchell?
2: Here, it's gotta be here, wise,
3: yeah, and and Utah would have to put a put a va- pretty high value yeah. on him. I
2: mean, Miami can give up three picks and three swaps if they edit their deal with OKC. So that's, uh, I mean, they have also got some like other cheap guys. Like they've got Struess, they've got Gabe Vincent. Those are like actually rotation players on minimums. You know, like Struess would if you flipped him again, like he could get you a first round pick. I would think, yeah. um Now, nah, yeah, I don't think Milwaukee like Utah is not going to want their older guys to flip around uh mitch would be a great fit in orlando just doesn't seem like they're going that way uh would yeah t wolves
3: Re- reunite him with gobert
2: yeah now toronto might actually be a decent mitchell team with the athleticism that they yeah have. yeah
3: he'd be, he'd be like the one outlier in project six eight right
2: <laughs> project six eight uh yeah so I, there are does seem like there's a lot of teams that be out there for him but i'm i just wonder whether like as good as donovan mitchell has been is he like this gobert thing is just messing everything up like i think people are gonna just like the next trade will happen and then you can compare to that trade as opposed to this Gobert trade because it's just that I still can't get over it how th- crazy th- th- that was. Yeah,
3: just just threw off the market so much, right?
2: Um, yeah. With
3: the Kings, if you, if you were the Kings, I mean, well, I guess you, of course, you would do this. It's how much would you put in? A Fox for Mitchell trade?
2: Yeah, it just, it's like, what is Utah? Well, like, Utah seems like they're probably more likely to be rebuilding with this five-year deal for Will Hardy and the Gobert return, you know, as opposed to Brooklyn. Yeah,
3: it's yeah. for Brad Stevens' redux, right? It's exactly what Ainge did when he when he brought Brad in and made the uh, Pierce Garnett trade, so and and they already traded Royce O'Neill, Obviously, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there, like with Bogdanovich with Conley. Uh, you know, I'm still really hoping that Mike will never actually have to wear those god awful uniforms. Oh my god, this year. <laughs>
2: Yeah actually they they remind me that I played in like this men's league in Tucson years ago and uh we were spons- our team was sponsored by this company called Truly Nolan which is a a uh, like exterminating company and uh, the the jerseys that they gave us looked about like that it's like you know that that solid like you know <laughs> that that black black and yellow like hey this is this is poison (laughs) you know that's that's, (laughs) watch out like you know don't don't let your domestic uh pet (laughs) ingest this because it's poisonous like that that's what those colors say to you
3: Do not ingest this uniform. Yeah.
2: Caution, uh you know this is a a, a high step. <laughs> like that's, <laughs> that's those are that that's what we're saying with our our new theme. So this is the next thing I want to talk to you about here. Okay, Ben Simmons asked to be traded mm-hmm. with four years left on his contract. Didn't show up. I thought, eh, you know, maybe that's just an aberration, right? Like Ben Simmons, like these guys at least show up. Like the, Ben Simmons just straight up not showing up. Like he has a grievance. I don't think he's going to win it if he wins that grievance then it's going to really be armageddon going into the next cba yeah but now again we're seeing it right and and Oh, Kevin Durant wants to be traded. All right. Oh, this is good. The Nets, this is going to be the greatest package in NBA history. He's got four years left under contract. Ah, uh, ah, uh, uh. Hold on a second here. Like, you know, yes, he's under contract, but these are not robots. Like Kevin Durant has made plenty of money in his life. Like he, there's a playbook here. We saw James Harden also. Uh, I mean, he's was in the last year of his deal, but he kind of shut it down on the Nets and got his trade. Now KD is getting his trade as well. And- hard and Harden shut it down on houston before right, that right he shut it down houston before that and but now with four years left on his deal right like the the nets be like all right it's fine to get a guy for four years we'll we'll be uh you know we can always trade the guy right like he's under contract like you have the right to assign player contracts another team says it right there in the contract oh yeah. well, well hold on <laughs> so what what is as we get into a possible cba negotiations here which is probably going to begin in earnest shortly and And I'm sure both sides are hoping to have it wrapped up in December by the time the opt out date is what could actually be done? Obviously the owners are going to be concerned about this. What could actually be in the CBA to quote unquote, force players to just play for teams that they don't want to play for.
0: Every day, our world gets a little more connected, but a little further apart. But then there are moments that remind us to be more human. Thank you for calling Amica Insurance. Hey, uh, I was
2: just in an accident.
0: Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amica, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amica, empathy is our
1: best policy. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar.
3: I'm not totally sure what you can do. So Ben Simmons, I mean if a player holds out, he doesn't get paid. That's easy. You know, it's it, they deal with withholding services right right in the CBA.
2: Right. Yeah, yeah. And as long as as it's, long as Ben Simmons doesn't win his grievance, I I think that's there's talk about like, "Oh, this is a big problem and blah blah." Like that one that one I I agree with you. It's like that's nobody's going to just straight up not get paid.
3: But it's the I am unhappy, I will half ass it for, you know, I'll, I'll still show up for the games. But I'll be mildly unpleasant to be around. Not so unpleasant that you're going to find or suspend me, but just everyone will kind of not like me that much. Yeah. And oh, by the way, my
2: hamstring's a little sore tonight. I'm Uh, I'm gonna
3: my hamstring might get a little sore right before tip off. General soreness. Yeah. And I might like I'll still get my numbers, but I might not really play any defense, you know, stuff like that. So I I just don't know what you do about that. Like somebody half assing their way out of town, which is which is really the, the playbook. I just don't know. I just don't know what you do about that.
2: Yeah. Now, when this happens on a union wide level, like at the port or something, it, there's a slowdown like there you that's actually something that yeah. where there's a legal remedy for that against the union like with collective bargaining like you're supposedly not allowed to do that when you have collective bargaining when you but when you're talking about just one member of the union you know i'm sure these guys would be like okay like you, you know can you just uh like you but you can't fire them because they're under under contract i mean i, I think there have been some things bandied about of uh, some way in which Well, if a guy gets traded, then he gets paid less or something along those lines. But teams sure as hell aren't going to. Like, like players will never agree to that because most of the time it's the team just trading the player without his consent it's not the player asking to be traded first and then getting moved that's only like the superstars everybody else like the teams yeah. get to screw them over right so I, I like i don't actually think that this is so unfair to teams necessarily because you only really probably have 20 guys in the league at most and you know even rudy gobert didn't do this right so maybe even 10 guys in the league at most who can just be like hey you know what like i don't want to be here anymore even though i'm under contract you're just like i want you to trade me those are the guys who've kind of earned that like they're just that good and i mean that's just the reality like this is a sport with five players on the floor and that means that the absolute best players are just so good and have such stature in the league like there just isn't really a way that i can think of to deal with it
3: exactly you you can't you can't make somebody perform at the highest level
2: yeah think of the drive that can, it takes to actually be that good.
3: Right. So you you can you can demand that they show up and do you know the perfunctory checking of all the boxes, but you can't you can't specify that, the, you know, what their level of play is going to be. And you know the fact is these are guaranteed contracts.
2: And my hope is That this isn't going to actually put some kind of a wrench into the negotiations going forward to where they're going to be, oh, we want to get rid of guaranteed contracts. Well, okay, that's going to lead to a protracted lockout. And oh, hey, by the way, you know, you're allowed to sign non-guaranteed contracts. You just don't actually have the leverage to do that, owners, because the players are, are actually good and have some power in the nba i shouldn't say actually good but you know what i mean they're just more basketball just the nature of the sport compared to football guys are good for longer and it's more of a relationship business and so that's just the way the culture has evolved that these contracts are going to be guaranteed and they should be given how good the guys are so I, I don't know what they're gonna do but hopefully there there will be enough of a golden goose coming up again with this new tv deal now yeah that which uh i i was wowed by this i was listening to this podcast the other day the Marsh uh Podcast, so a great sports media podcast uh Andrew Marchand and John Uren and uh Marchand wasn't there so they had on this guy David Levy he used to work for Turner he actually negotiated Turner's end of the last tv deal and so Uren asked him like what do you think the new tv deal is going to be and he said 2.5x to 3x per year of the last tv deal and that wow like I was thinking maybe it would double at most I mean if that's really true like that's this is the most credible like that's a about as credible as it gets right and yeah. i don't think he's now maybe i think he's working for like some consulting company now so it, uh, maybe he, he has a different perspective and like wanting it to be more or something like that that right but, you know he obviously would have as good a knowledge on these type of things having worked for turner as you would think somebody could so you know even if it is 2.5 x like that's and that's good start in the 25 26 season that's an insane number like that's gonna really change the league if that happens
3: yeah so 2.5 5x would result in a near doubling of the salary cap. If yeah. I well, cuz so, so it, BRI it this used year to was be nine,
2: that- 9 billion and so 2.5x would be uh so that's overall BRI was 9 billion. 2.5x would be, you know, if it's I think by the end of this contract it's like 2-4. I don't know whether he's saying the per year which was 2 would be 2.5x, so that would get us to 5. So we're probably thinking five, either 5 or 6 billion total. So yeah, where does that get us then in terms of the cap? do you think it was, the cap would double compared to now
3: well i always had in my head that the tv deal was roughly half of the total bri right. so i when i when i did the math on 2.5x i, I well so i, I think that I ends think TV up
2: being a... in general like including local is about half the national deal is that's a good that's a good point probably yeah closer to like yeah. you know a little bit less than a third or may, maybe right. even more like okay. a quarter. if bri was nine and i think the tv deal was like you know two three or something so Year.
3: So, okay. So, a jump in the cap in the 50% range. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so you've probably got you probably, got, you probably would
2: have BRI of like 13 or 14 billion maybe in in the first year of that. So so yeah, that that would be about a 50% increase probably in the cap but uh, from So you
3: you're going to you're going to a 200 million cap very quickly if you don't do any smoothing. Yeah. I I think the league has a lot of incentive and I think they I think the players association is more understanding now after what happened in the summer of Durant. To the idea to having some smoothing, they capped the raises coming out of the pandemic at ten percent a year. I could see them with a new because it, it looks like the CBA will come ahead of the TV, mm-hmm. which makes it a little tricky. But I could see them, I could see them still capping the cap increases at I don't know maybe fifteen percent a year just to stop things from getting too crazy. Yeah. Um, because that's a that's a one time jump of fifty percent, so you do, you do have opportunity to do smoothing in there.
2: Um, well, and even. I- I would recommend once the, that they put a mechanism in there of once they know what the next TV deal is to even start bumping the cap up by more in the years before that. And, you know, if the, at that point, then maybe the players have to give some back with escrow, but then of course they would get it back later. So that, you, so you just, yeah, you just don't want it to be that one year shock because we saw in 2016 A, it wasn't fair for the players who just happened to be free agents in 2016 who got all the money. And then we saw, you know, by 2018 yeah. all those yeah. guys were clogging everything and the 2018 was maybe the worst market that it's ever been and then yeah uh, although this year was pretty terrible too and then uh you know and a, a lot of these teams are taxed out and then uh so and it's also not good for a lot of the teams because it's just too easy to make a super team blah blah so yeah I, I but I think they're gonna want to really avoid that circumstance and then but clearly over like a two or three year period like it's gonna go way up starting in 25 so is that gonna start to impact impact now teams decisions you know four-year deals that were signed right now that's now in that season five-year deals are two years into that season and our players gonna try to get try to time that year out potentially i guess we'll we'll know hopefully because a new cba will be signed in december but as soon as extensions around the trade deadline and etc uh then then the free agency next year we could see players trying to time that out depending on what the agreement says
3: oh yeah Absolutely. Yeah. That would be really interesting to see if guys start gaming it to be free agents in 25 or in 26, depending, as you said, on how exactly this next CBA is worded.
2: The other thing they'll need to do is reform the extensions again, because you don't want to be in a situation with the cap going up by as much as 50%. I mean, To be clear, I'm talking about 50% increase from now to 2026, not a 50% increase necessarily in one year. That would be my very, Back the envelope math, um but they're going to want to increase the extensions because you ran into the, into this problem last time too, where everyone got to free agency because they had old cap contracts, and so even with the new rules where you could get one hundred twenty percent in the twenty seventeen CBA, Kawhi Leonard or Jimmy Butler, like these guys couldn't extend at their market value, and so you'll want to allow teams to bump their number up more so they can extend and not get to free. Change
3: agency. it to a to a yeah, change it to one hundred fifty percent on the the
2: extension yeah I think that's the way to do it. I mean I don't understand why you can't just make the extension whatever you want. Like why should there be a limit on what a guy can get in an extension? Like what's the point of that?
3: Uh I think I think it could be uh I don't know if cap circumvention is the right word. Um although no actually it could be cap circumvention. If you, you could, you could sign somebody to admit they already had bird rights to for like a minimum for a year and then do a Yeah, but of, it's only
2: three year contracts that could be that. extended. So I don't think okay. anyone would be like, yeah. oh, I'll take the minimum for yeah. three years and then we'll extend you. right? So I, I okay. think that's, yeah I mean, the, the downside yeah. was like saving owners from themselves. That's why they uh, cut it off so much on the last CBA before this one. And then the, it was way too restrictive. I, I mean, they're giving out, I think that, you know, for example, like the Jalen Brunson thing, right? Like he could. The fact that he could only extend for like fifty-five million. Now Dallas. Now he's on the New York Knicks. Like if he could have extended for more at the trade deadline, he probably would have took that. Yeah. Not that they didn't. That he wouldn't have extended for the the fifty-five million earlier. But uh, you know, by the trade deadline, he was like, no, that's not enough. But they could have extended him for you know eighty million or something at that point. They'd still have him, right? I, I think that's the greater evil. Yeah. Like there are plenty of shitty contract extensions already being given out anyway. It's like. You're only going to go way high on a guy if he's, uh, you know, really good at that low number. I mean, that's generally going to be guys who are on bargain contracts who are younger, you know, second round fines. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, this is uh, that is going to be fascinating to see what effect that has on things. Uh, Let's see what else we got, like, 10 minutes left here. Anything else that, like, you really are are interested in talking about here?
3: Yeah, that Bradley Beal no trade clause. what the
2: hell yeah I, oh yeah I was gonna say that's another good reason to liberalize the extension rules because when guys are extending you can't get a no trade if you get it if you get to free agency then you got him over a barrel apparently
3: yeah I mean not even not even bidding against anybody to keep him and just you know they gave him the full bag for five years which like fine you should have traded him two years ago but if you're gonna do this fine but the 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 out in that idea was always that if things go south you can still Trade him, he will still have trade value. Oh, now we're giving him a no-trade clause. So now, basically, he can basically this is a, a holdup for the next five years because you you can't you can't do anything in the background like hey, I think this is going bad. Let me just quietly like put my deal together and and send him out because it requires his approval. And then if he gets upset, he can say I want to be traded and I only want to be traded to this team. And so that team then has uh, the Wizards over a barrel. So... A, just completely a completely unnecessary concession just so they could beat their chest at the press conference about oh he's a wizard for life and all this like I'm not not sure you actually want him to be a wizard for life
2: I would agree and if this was like if this was Damian Lillard even okay like I, I get that you've been to a conference finals with this guy he's been a top 10 player in the NBA he's been a, a great leader he's never had any issues with teammates at all at least not that were his fault and he's he's good enough where i'm like all right if you want to overpay and this is like have him not be traded and you want to just hold on and do right by him like he's going to be the greatest blazer of all time by the time it's done most likely and you can argue about drexler but like that 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 to me is like the lowest level of player you would consider doing that with now lillard's never actually made it to free agency so he hasn't gotten the the no trade but yeah I, i think And then to also give up the full Mac, also give up the player option, also, not that that's going to get exercised, also give up a 15% trade bonus.
3: Yep. Which actually, if the cap goes up, that will actually matter. Uh,
2: Yeah, certainly uh, by the end of this, you would think. so. uh, And I understand why Beal would have really wanted it after what happened to John Wall. But the Wizards should have also really not wanted it because of what happened to John Wall. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, yeah. This this has never bitten us before. Uh, My theory on the process here is, remember that story came out that Bradley Beal was meeting with ownership around the trade deadline? And I can't recall whether that was before or after. after we found out about the wrist issue and i also don't know whether okay. this wrist issue was something that he actually could have played through if they had wanted him to i mean he obviously needed surgery but like could he have finished the season and then had the surgery but me i mean it seems like this was probably just all agreed to at that meeting back in like february and they felt like they at that point they just felt like they had to give him this full boat to get his commitment back then and uh maybe they thought that he would have more suitors and maybe he would have if it hadn't been obvious he was going back to washington the whole time time.
3: Yeah, I still think that 5-year bag would have been tough to compete against.
2: I I agree with you and I I also think hey, you know what? If we can if you're in a situation for a player of Beal's stature where we can offer you the most money and the most years and that's not good enough for you, you want to go somewhere else, then maybe we shouldn't want to have you. Like if that's yeah, not enough. It, you know, you, you
3: look at the you look at the market too. Like Beal wasn't going to San Antonio, right? He he wasn't going to Detroit. Yeah. If he was going to go somewhere He was going to go, you know, Boston with his buddy Tatum or he was going to try to go to one of the contenders in the west right and they didn't have any means of signing him though none of those teams did so it was a completely empty threat yeah maybe Miami could have gone the sign
2: and trade route
3: but again sign and trade that that compels the wizards to act and Washington could have just said okay sign and trade like you don't you don't have any alternate means of signing our guys so what are you going to do no the threat would have been I guess the Knicks would have been the biggest threat
2: yeah that that could have been interesting uh, although they were quite locked in on, on Brogdon but again my thought is before the trade deadline like he didn't know what was actually going to materialize for him and also they, they you want a guy to want to be there and they, they certainly gave him everything that he wanted and, and the other thing and, and forgive me Wizards fans because I think this point may have been made about team before but like what are you preserving here like what is this team like what was your what would your prognostication be for the Wizards do so I actually think outside of this had a decent off season, getting more and Wright at point guard and you know will barton and kcp is probably a wash barton's more of a forward. yeah i don't
3: know like 30 38 and 44
2: yeah they could i think they could be the seventh seed they could be yeah. better they could be better than that they could end up with a win total in the mid 40s yeah if beal gets back to the level he was at two years ago. if not then no <laughs> right if more, he's got
3: more likely they end up with a win total in the high 30s end up with the 11th pick in the draft select like a blob back up and we just start the cycle over again
2: yeah those last four draft picks uh all of them yeah uninspired yeah, the, the Hachimura, avdia and Kispert. Kispert and davis and, now uh, davis i, mean, no, davis, I haven't davis. seen him play yet so he might actually who knows. but uh that doesn't seem he seemed to be a very wizardsy pick <laughs> in theory so that's that's not a compliment at this point yeah uh but i'm and i'm also i'm just concerned that beal like last year was not good right he, he, now he did only play the first half of the year part of that was when this new enforcement on the free throws was coming in but his free throw rate dropped precipitously like that was the two years that he was like really really good his free throw rate went up to like you know seven or eight per 36 minutes and it was back at five last year so that was and then obviously not making his threes either where he's 30 percent and he had to have a late rally to even get to that level so those two things like the three-point shooting i think will recover some but he's enough removed now from those 40 percent from three days that I think you got to pencil him in more as like an average three-point shooter at best now. you agree with that?
3: Yeah, which is amazing because I, I always thought his... His shot and his release were top notch, but he just hasn't had the results these last few years.
2: So, to me, it's a misevaluation of where you are. It's not having any higher goals or aspirations. And also, just a misevaluation of this player. Like, this is, we're not even talking about the 30% max here, John. We're talking about 35% max and then 8% raises off of that. Yeah. Plus the trade bonus. And now, maybe it does because he can't be traded. Maybe how much he's making doesn't really matter. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay last question here we're about to head to summer league in a few hours who are you most interested to watch in summer i'm interested to watch me eating a bunch of thai food
3: Nah, that too that too that'll be good that'll be good although my own face might be so stuffed that it obscures my vision a little (laughs) bit
2: uh oklahoma
3: city Chet, three of the top twelve picks will be playing for them: Chet Holmgren, Usman Dang, and the good Jalen Williams. And so that that that'll be really interesting to watch. I know we've seen him a little bit in this Salt Lake Summer League already, but that 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 would probably be one I would yeah, circle. Chet, I'm interested Chet to see Jalen so and G- Right,
2: like that's that's the guy where like yeah. th- he's one of these guys. Oh, he could do more, and but he's also really thin. How's that going to look? Like he's a unique prospect and a guy who has a higher skill level, and, and I just. There are all these ways that I felt about him that he could get, like, if he hits on certain aspects that he could be, like, unbelievable, but he w- w- wasn't there yet as far as, like, the college film. So I, I want to see if he shows some in those aspects and, like, maybe we're looking at a, a future superstar.
3: Yes. Uh, Detroit with uh, Duran and Ivy, yeah. uh, who are a little bit mystery meets of how exactly they'll translate at the NBA level. So really interested to see them. Uh, what what else oh, we got here? Sharp. The mystery man. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm interested to see him. Interested to see... Kind of interested to see how Dyson Daniels will look. Uh, Just how the translation will look to me going from... Because I was able to see a bunch of him in the G League last year. How he looks on a G League court versus how he looks against quasi-NBA players in, in Summer League. Any 2021
2: guys that you're looking forward to seeing more of? I, I'm not really sure. I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think. We, we had a good rookie crap last
3: year. A lot of those guys got their chances. I'm trying to think if there's anybody who's still so so Zaire Williams hiding out that
2: list for me of like he's gonna be on the Desmond Bain plan it looks like he played one game in Utah so far where you remember they had Bain just be the point guard last year like he was bringing the ball up he had eight assists in the first game in Utah I thought the early early returns were not amazing of him like having some great off the dribble moves or something but part of why they drafted him is that I think they feel that there's more there than just a, a three and D guy and some of these guys that we just didn't see much of last year like you know James Knight, for example uh I think I'd love to see if Kaminga is actually gonna play I would love to see him you know get more on ball reps Jalen Johnson is someone I'm really interested to see as well although oh he's Kai not Jones. gonna play though he had Did some
3: Kai, Kai Jones was that yeah,
2: sorry oh yeah okay. Kai Jones yeah <laughs> that's uh I, I mean I guess I could watch some G League tape from last year <laughs> if I wanted to see him but
3: yeah but that's I mean he was actually pretty good in the G League last year so I, I'm a little interested by what he might do yeah i
2: mean some of these lower guys like jaden springer like is he gonna actually like show somewhat of a jump shot for philly you know like a few of these guys where it's like are you just gonna be nothing you know like you they probably need they probably <laughs> right need to be showing something yeah. at this point in time yeah jared butler
3: from from utah i was excited about him he needs to do more than he's shown so far
2: yeah uh i was gonna say trey Mann, but he's in health and safety protocols right now um all right well we'll have a chance to talk may not do a show next week we'll see if the if there's something to talk but we'll probably be more on like the every other day plan here as we get into the summer but we've we've got flexibility to kind of do a show when something happens so let's uh let's root for something to happen john all right all right we'll talk to y'all next week
0: every day our world gets a little more connected but a little further apart but then there are moments that remind us to be more human Thank you for calling Amica Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amica, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amica. Empathy is our best
1: policy. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar.